You're listening to a 3CR podcast. It's Radiothon time again at 3CR. This year marks 40 years of radical radio at 3CR, and we're asking you to keep us on air for another 40 years by donating your money to 3CR's Radical Radiothon, June 6 to 19. Call us on 03 9419 8377 or visit us online at 3cr.org.au. Enjoy your podcast. Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight the street capitalists. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 9th of July here on Community Radio 3CR, one minute past nine o'clock. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow and thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting uh, program. And uh, of course, Giselle, this is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links every week, isn't it, this radio program? <laughs> That's right. If you want to get in touch with Australia Asia Worker Links, you can contact us uh, on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. Uh, you can email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Um, we're on social media as well, so you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, you can ring us on 9663 And um, don't forget that uh, even though Radiothon is a few weeks um, um, past, some of our people who've pledged haven't paid up yet so please do so and of course if you haven't uh, paid up you can always donate money to keep this fantastic radio station on the air yeah listener here's the truth about that we'll take your money whenever you want to give it to us we just make a super super massive effort during radiothon to uh to shake those coins out of your pockets that's right that's right now on today's program i better let you know what's uh, happening i think uh, even though um giselle seems very jovial this morning which is uh, a nice change <laughs> From her usual uh, antagonistic self. Oh, thank you, Pierre. Oh, our on air rapport is so wonderful, isn't it, Pierre? (laughs) That's right. Well, we've got, uh, uh, apart from the normal uh, news roundup uh, coming up, um, we've got uh, in the second half of the program an interview with um, Farooq Tariq from uh, the Awami Workers' Party in Pakistan to talk about the the jailing of 40 years of Baba Jan and 11 other activists in Pakistan. We did mention this a few few weeks ago so we've got the interview for you today and um it's um uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, so listeners, we're bringing you um, a series of stories, if you haven't noticed, um, looking at uh, the number of our comrades that have been arrested recently and locked up across the region. So last week we looked at the situation for Iranian prisoners. This week we're looking at um, our comrades in Pakistan that have been um, locked up. I mean, this is the repression against union um, and political activists across the region. Next week we're going to try and speak with our comrades in Korea. For those of you who haven't um, followed the news, comrade Han Sung Kyun. Oh, I think Pierre's about to about to update you. But Han Sung Kyun, um, uh, he so the trial concluded. He has been sentenced. I'll I'll hand over to Pierre to uh, launch straight into news 
from around the region. Although, Giselle, that, that's perfect segue. You know, you just like <clears throat> mentioned that. Oh, we're just working super well together, aren't that's we? That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right, Giles. Thinking on the same uh, thought wave. But yes, um, um, yes. Uh, um, hopefully, while we pl- we're working on it, we'll bring you an interview about Han Sung Kyun um, next week. But um, basically, uh, last week in a stunning attack against the South Korean workers' movement, Mr. Han Sung Kyun, the president of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, the KCTU, was given a five-year jail sentence. Han's uh, crimes were for organising demonstrations. Han has been a tireless fighter for labour rights, spanning from his early years in Gwangju to his later involvement in the Sangyong factory occupation. Han was jailed for three years for that occupation. Um, this sen- sentence that has just been given to him is an attempt by the South Korean government to destroy organised labour in that country. Workers internationally need to support Han, and Hang Sang-kyung is a working class hero for workers all around the world. And in a world first, in our modest suburb of Preston, a monument is going to be unveiled in honour of all the victims of genocide and atrocity crimes. The overwhelming victims of genocides and mass atrocities have always been workers, their families and communities. Such crimes are a weapon of terror against our class. This monument will provide a solemn place to reflect on all victims, remind us of our common humanity and strengthen our resolve to prevent such crimes. The unveiling of the monument is going to be between 3 and 5 o'clock next Sunday, the 17th of July. That's going to be at the Darabin Arts and Entertainment Centre, which is on the corner of Bell Streets and St George's Roads in Preston. And uh, be there, I'll, um, I'll certainly get to it. We go now to India, where um, a little bit of a piece of good news. Last week, one of the remaining workers still in jail following the repression of the Maruti Suzuki workers' struggle in 2012 was released on bail. Of the original 148 workers that were arrested, 35 still remain in jail. I did say it was just a little bit of good news. The campaign by the Maruti Suzuki workers was a watershed struggle for workers in the Gurgan Industrial Belt around New Delhi. Unfortunately, their fight was defeated under heavy repression from the company and the government. A new film by Rahul Roy, titled The Factory, provides an insight into these workers' lives and ongoing fight for justice. Uh, so our next story is also from India, but not uh, not positive at all, actually. So the Indian government on Wednesday, uh, the 20th of June, announced a package for the garment and textile industry, stating that it will lead to the creation of 10 million jobs and a mass accumulative increase of about 30 billion US dollars in exports and investments. Although the package has been welcomed by the industry with open arms, the truth behind the large numbers is not exactly glossy. The garment industry at present is already reliant on informal labour subjected to numerous violations of labour rights. Creation of new jobs on a large scale without a proper strategy to place for monitoring compliance with labour laws in all tiers of the supply chain would only mean an increase in the exploitative conditions. The announcement further includes changes in labour laws to fuel the employment process, including the introduction of fixed-term employment. 
This term is a camouflage for irregular short-term contract labour that is a recipe for labour violations. Any form of non-regular employment reinforces and increases the insecure conditions of workers. It pushes workers into employment terms that are unaccountable at the whim of the employer and susceptible to rights violations. The package serves to benefit only supplier factory management to boost export production at the cost of human rights of workers. In order to compete with other countries, the government can improve other aspects such as better infrastructure, efficient use of energy and water, better industrial engineering on the shop floor, better managerial skills, education and skill development of its workforce all of which would be good for the country and its competitiveness. Instead, such packages only ends up squeezing India's already poor workforce. It speedily takes India to the bottom in the race to the bottom as opposed to a high-road development and growth approach. That is an excerpt of a statement that was prepared by the Asia Floor Wage. We're going to... um, Uh, put a post. uh, We're going to attach the link um, to the mini news this week if you want to read the rest of it. I mean, the the, the really um, uh, tragic and um, uh, issue about all that is, I mean, the garment industry in Bangladesh and Cambodia is already, you have to say, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, It's hard to even contemplate what even further bottom Uh, that could be. And just to remind listeners of the scale of this particular package, they are intending to create 10 million jobs in the garment industry alone with this package. Um, Shocking. Certainly uh, something to to see. We now go to um, next door to Sri Lanka, where this week more than 3,000 members of independent trade unions demonstrated against severe anti-union discrimination in the free trade zones in that country. Now, after the presidential election in January 2015 and the election of the formation of the new government in August of that year, many employers in Sri Lanka have been pushing and demanding labour law reform, in inverted commas, to get rid of unions from the free trade zones. Now, protesting workers have um, demanded that workers stop threats of physical attacks, recognise unions as collective bargaining agents, reinstate all employees dismissed for trade union activities, stop employing precarious workers uh, with the intention to bust union activities and punish officials engaged in sexual harassment. And um, we have to say that um, Sri Lanka is one of the few um, uh, countries where uh, in free trade zones uh, there's actually functioning independent trade unions. So that's really important for this um, struggle to succeed and not and for these unions not to be uh, destroyed. And um, something that is partly a good news story, but uh, obviously we also have some concerns about it, um, compensation payments to the victims of the Tazreen Fashions fire in Bangladesh have finally been completed. More than 100 people were killed and around 200 injured in the garment factory disaster in Ashulia on the 24th of November in 2012. The Tazreen Claims Administration Trust says a total of 2.17 million US dollars has now been paid to the families of 112 dead and missing workers and to 174 people injured in the fire. In one of the worst disasters to hit the garment industry, of course we can't forget about Rana Plaza, which was a year later, um, in modern times workers burnt alive behind locked 
exits, while others leapt to their death from factory windows. Many suffered life-changing injuries in the fire at the um, 1,600-worker factory. The compensation process was based on the mechanism used to compensate thousands of victims of the 2013 Rana Plaza factory collapse in Bangladesh, with loss of income for the injured, deceased and missing workers calculated on the basis of ILO Convention 121. The Tasreen Claims Administration estimated that a total of $2.5 million US dollars would be needed to pay compensation and provide long-term medical care to the injured. So... A good outcome. Obviously, congratulations to all the workers who kept up the fight. The compensation comes three and a half years after the um, accident itself. So, of course, we had families and um, injured workers languishing in that time. And, and of course, um, that comes after your other story about India. I mean, that is the bottom of the garment uh, sector and the Indian government wants to outcompeted. Um, I think that says all. And for our last um, story, I believe that's our last story, yes. Um, we did uh, report it uh, last week, um, the news from Iran, but the um, on the last day of June, Jafar Azimzadeh, the chair of the Free Union of Workers of Iran, ended his two-month-long hunger strike when Iranian authorities granted him special leave. Jafar had been taken to hospital due to his deteriorating health conditions and there were fears that he would be sent back to prison. While Jafar is out of prison and recuperating, he is still facing the prospect of a new trial. Now, obviously, actions and support by workers both inside and, in, uh, and outside of Iran were crucial in getting him a, a stay and um, getting him at least a new trial. So that's all that we've got for today's news roundup. We'll go to a quick community announcement and then we'll be back with the interview with Farouk Tariq about Baba Jan and his um, other jail activists. Which base provides key information for every US drone strike, played a crucial role in Iraq and Afghanistan wars, as well as providing targeting and surveillance information for the Israeli Defence Force? Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. It's the Pine Gap Joint Defence Facility, located just 20 kilometres from Alice Springs on Arundel Country, and this year marks 50 years of its inglorious existence. Come and join the Closed Pine Gap protest near the gates of the base from September 26 to 30th. For all the details, head to closedpinegap.org. Getting quick to book your early bird bus ticket from Melbourne for just $200 return. That's closedpinegap.org. See you there. Closed Pine Gap is a 3CR supporter. is terrorism? It's um, just on 14 past uh, 9 o'clock here on uh, Asia Pacific Current on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And as mentioned at the start of the program, the interview for today's program is uh, with Farouk Tariq, who, um, who is from the Awami Workers' Party in Pakistan. And the um, theme of the interview is, um, is about the arrest um, and the, um, and the and the circumstances that led to the arrest of Baba Jan, the conviction of him and 11 other activists to 40 years in jail. Baba Jan and 11 other activists have just recently been handed a 40-year sentence. This sentence relates 
two protests that happened uh, six years ago around um, homelessness due to a landslide in the northern uh, section of Pakistan. Can you give us a brief update on what the issues were and why he was arrested on in the first place? So an artificial lake was created after landslide on the banks of River Hunza, which was going through in Hunza Valley in Gilgit, Pakistan. And uh, the water started accumulating and also the water took few bridges in its fold. And Baba Jan tried to campaign around that issue that people should not be drowned because of this artificial lake. Initially, he complained about uh, the lake at Asaabad, but later, when the government took the notice, uh, around 200 people were affected. It was nine villages in that area. And then government uh, announced a compensation of half a million rupees for every single inhabitant of that valley. And Baba Jan was like the main campaigner for that compensation. But the government of People's Party at that time did not pay compensation to all the families. So a protest uh, was organized when the chief minister of Gilgit, Pakistan, arrived in 2010. And the police wanted to remove the protesters. And then police opened fire, which resulted in the killing of a father and a son. And this uh, enraged the whole crowd. People were very angry. Police fled away. The administration fled away. And then uh, Baba Jan was not there at that time. He came later. And then they uh, demanded that the FIR, the first investigation report of the police, should be registered against the police officers responsible for the firing and killing of the two. After four days, the government produced an FIR and the movement stopped. But uh, when the movement died down, then the police registered cases against 100 people for rioting, for demonstrations, for taking over police stations and the city administration office. And uh, this was untrue that there was rioting. There was no loot and plunder. It was very angry protest very militant protest, but peaceful protest. And in that case, Baba Jan and his uh, 11 other comrades were arrested, and then an anti-terrorist court gave them two life sentences, which was overturned by the High Court of Gilgit, Baltistan, and uh, Baba Jan was set free, not free, but he was found not guilty in one of the cases, and later the Supreme Appellate Court reverse the decision of the High Court. That means they uh, restored 40 years of sentence to Baba Jan and his comrades. From an outside point of view, it seems an incredibly harsh sentence for what were only really demonstrations. But knowing a bit about the politics of Pakistan, it's not the first time that anti-terrorism laws have been used against labour activists, and I'm thinking very much of the Faisalabad six, which were also convicted. What what is the right. what is the political significance 
of Baba Jan and his 11 comrades? This is a very bad decision by the Supreme Court, a very politically motivated, maneuvered decision, which is not accepted by majority of the population in Kyrgyz and Baltistan, and a lot of people are angry and writing against the decisions. This is the most unpopular decision the court has made on Babajan case because this was this was just a demonstration. It is a too harsh uh, sentence for political activists. There was no murder. There was no attempt of murder. There was no writing. There was no loot of plunder. So no heinous crime was committed during the demonstrations. So no one is uh, accepting the ruling. The reason behind was that they want to keep Babajan out of politics. And there was an election last year, and Babajan contested the election for the Gilgit Baltistan Assembly, and he stood second. And uh, this year again, that after that seat got vacant, because the person who won the election was promoted as governor of Gilgit Baltistan. And Babajan was again uh, put up by Awami Workers' Party as a candidate to contest Honza's sixth constituency. But this time, Babajan's popularity was at its peak. And it was absolutely clear from all the demonstrations that he will sweep the election. It would have been a landslide victory for him. But uh, the court, on uh, to please the government, decided to sentence Babajan. And this was a very unprecedented example of maneuvering on political basis. Baba Jan comes from the very northern part of uh, Pakistan. So has this issue and the fact that the police that actually shot the demonstrators dead have not been tried, has this issue of these unjust sentences has had much of an echo, much of repercussions in the rest of Pakistan? Yes, it's becoming popular. It's the most popular thing on social media at the present time, but also the main media, the main commercial media is taking this story up. Uh, BBC had uh, made reports, some of the English newspapers have taken up. Now, sentencing Babajan under anti-terrorist law, and Babajan is not a terrorist, and anti-terrorist laws are now used very often against present leaders, against labor leaders, and against... Um, climate change, uh, environmentalist. So it's a misuse of the law. And Babajan case has become like an example to show how bad this CN has been used for political reasons. And the reason why they are so keen to keep Babajan out is that his constituency is bordering China. And there is an economic corridor planned from China to Gawadar port which is around uh, 3,000 kilometers, and a lot of money is involved. It's $46 billion project, and Babajan, if elected from that area, would not let any person to take bribe or to bribe people for contracts, and a lot of money involved in contracts. So the ruling party sees that, that an honest working-class hero, if he becomes an MP, it will be a problem for them for their projects, for their money, and for their whole uh, purpose of the of the politics. So that's why they are they are so keen to keep Babajan out of politics 
and to keep him in jail for the rest of his life. And I'm assuming from what you've said about the use of the anti-terrorism laws that the elites, the government of Pakistan, wants this sentence to set an example to create fear among uh, the rest of the working class in Pakistan. Yes, it's uh, like this uh, anti-terrorist laws are used against the prison movement of Okada, Anjuman Muzari in Punjab, which is fighting for land rights at Okada military farms. All of their leaders are behind bars. Uh, Faisalabad, the power workers were, the power loom workers were also sentenced on this. And now Baba Jan and also many other political activists. It's a, it's a wholesale use of uh, anti-terrorist laws against political opponents uh, in Pakistan. And we are demanding uh, to review the whole case uh, in this issue. As a final question, um, Farooq, so where are we up to in the campaign to free Baba Jan and for the charges to be dropped against him and his 11 other comrades, both within Pakistan and internationally? Yes, in Pakistan there has been countless demonstrations took place. One of the largest rallies was at his own constituency where this was a rally never seen in the history of that constituency. Over 10,000 people participated in that small area. And also in parts of Pakistan, in Hyderabad, in Karachi, and in other areas there has been demonstrations. But also the seven Irish parliamentarians uh, from the left uh, have demanded for the release of Baba Jan. And last week it was the Red Bloc uh, from uh, Portugal, uh, whose four uh, members of the parliament and one Euro MP have demanded. And more are uh, sending messages of solidarity and so on. So the campaign is going on. It has been taken up by uh, Human Rights Commission of Pakistan. It is taken up by Amnesty International. It's been taken up by the News International, which is the largest uh, paper of Pakistan. And they wrote an editorial last week on Baba Jan, demanding uh, justice for Baba Jan. So Baba Jan case is not like will be forgotten by the people of Pakistan and internationally. And we appeal through your program, also in Australia, we appeal to the trade unions, we appeal to the left MPs, green MPs, and all those who are uh, a defender of uh, human rights. They should also send resolutions to us, and which we will be further passed on to the government of Gilgit and Baltistan. We will not let this go quietly. We will make as much uh, noise as possible, and we are sure that they have to release Baba Jan and others, so there is no basis but to keep them for lifelong prison. Well, thank you very much, Farooq, for those fighting words, the information, and we certainly like to express our solidarity, and we will publicise the issue of Babijan and the fight for workers and human rights activists in Pakistan. So all the very best and keep thank up you. your hard work. Thank you. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au 
or call us with your credit card details on 94198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. It is 27 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. That was an interview with Farooq Tariq about the situation for the comrades that have been arrested in Pakistan. Just in the closing minutes of the show, um, I want you to keep a date free. This is Monday the 8th of August. That's our next film fundraiser. I'll announce details in the coming weeks and definitely keep your eye on Facebook for details. It'll either be the lab that we were going to screen last month um, or it'll be a documentary on the Maruti Suzuki dispute Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that I I think I'm very excited uh, about uh, the Maruti Suzuki film I haven't seen it but I think it'd be um, fantastic and um, well in that case listeners we're definitely not screening that film we'll be screening definitely something else Thank you, Giselle. And uh, see, listen, this is what I've got to put up all the time. But anyway, oh, he's look, so I'm, hard done by. Unfortunately, it's uh, almost 29 past at nine o'clock and we really have to go and I can't really tell the listen. Next week I will do <laughs> much better. Um, but anyway, you've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, uh, brought you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. Um, we'll be back next week at nine o'clock for another program. Um, stay tuned for Palestine. Remember, coming up straight after this committee announcement. And um, my name is Pierre Morrow. And I'm Giselle Hanna. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.